Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Well, the Mets dropped two out of three to the Cardinals going into the All-Star break and end up the first half, if you will, the uh, arbitrary first half at 39-47. and 47. And that's indicative of, of the way the team has played. It has been a very rough season full of tons and tons of injuries. It's it's been a regular mash unit. We've got one more to report. Brandon Nimmo now has a collapsed lung, partially collapsed lung, and uh, the last X-ray they did before the break, it was signs that it was looking better. He went on the disabled list last Saturday, complaining about how he felt following New York series in St. Louis. Went to the hospital for further evaluations told reporters on Saturday he didn't know exactly what caused the partially collapsed lung and the doctor said there are certain athletes where once in a while it just happens it's not caused by anything except it just pops up once in a while so uh, Brandon Nimmo is uh, out for 10 days and we hope he gets better quick because he was uh, playing some good baseball for the Mets and we really need him back the uh, pitching has been a big problem. The injuries to Harvey and Syndergaard did not help for the season. Lugo was out. Mats was out. Wheeler was out for a short period of time. That's the whole staff other than DeGrom, who has not been on a disabled list at least once and even DeGrom missed a start. He was skipped one time because of uh, some tenderness. So uh, it has been a mess. We've been out without uh, Duda for a short period of time. Walker's out hurt. Cabrera's been in and out of the lineup. He's been on the disabled list a couple of times. Cespedes has been on the disabled list. I mean, it goes on and on. Cespedes isn't hitting. He's struggling now. It just goes on and on. The most consistent player has been Jay Bruce. And probably Michael Conforto, though he had a little bit of a slump before going on a disabled list right before the All-Star break. But he is back, and hopefully he can put it together in the second half. Can they still make a run? Yeah, anything's possible. I'll never say never, but the way they played in the first half, the way they've ended the first half, I just don't see it coming. I don't see the wild card even as a possibility. They are so far behind and so many teams to go over. It would be a very difficult thing to do. And the most telling statistic for the whole season so far is this. The Mets are 5-21. and 21. 5-21 and 21 against first place and wild card teams. So they're not beating the teams that they really have to beat to get back in this race. They're beating bad teams, Philadelphia, Miami, Atlanta, those kind of teams, but they're not 
beating the cream of the crop. And those are the guys you have to beat. You have to beat the bad teams as well. Don't get me wrong. But you have to beat the good teams in order to be in this uh, race the whole season. And they're not doing that. So we move to the second part, half of the season. And uh, see what happens. Now, to me, this is the dumbest idea I ever heard. Mets right-handed pitcher Noah Syndergaard on a 60-day disabled list due to a torn lat could potentially return quicker if the Mets start out by using him in the bullpen, pitching coach Dan Wharton suggested to Newsday. <laughs> I Another reason why Wharton should get fired. This is the dumbest idea. Don't bring him back and rush him back and put him in a freaking bullpen. Let him get to be 100% and put him in the starting rotation. And if that means next spring, then wait until next spring. I mean, this is a stupid idea. The same thing with Harvey. If they're not going to be ready, don't rush him back this year. Why take the chance of further injuries when when you could just wait? Let them heal up. Let them get into baseball shape. Tell them not to put 17 pounds on again. And don't give him a program where he's lifting weights. Make him run. Make him throw lightly. Make him throw daily and come into spring training camp in baseball shape, not Thor shape, not Mr. America shape, not Mr. World shape, baseball shape. The same thing with Harvey. The same thing with with, uh, uh, Cespedes. These guys all want to be weightlifters and bodybuilders, and it's been a big bust That's where I think the injuries are coming from. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But we've seen a lot of baseball, and it's it's just, it's ridiculous. The way some of these guys, they look great, but they're getting hurt, dropping like flies. And it's all across baseball. It's not just the Mets. Injuries are up across baseball. There's got to be a common denominator. There's got to be something wrong. I know the game changes, but boy, it's not necessarily changing for the better. Let me tell you. And speaking of injuries, Mets closer Jurix Familia will begin throwing during the All-Star break as he tries to recover from a blood clot in his shoulder. He underwent surgery in May and could return from the disabled list later in the season. And again, I say, if it's going to be August, if it's going to be September, why bother at this point? Shut him down, too. Throw some of the young guys in there. Let's see what they're made of. Let's see what we got on the farm. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense to rush these guys back at this point in time. The Mets will open the second half by starting Jacob DeGrom on tomorrow night on Friday, Seth Lugo on Saturday, Stephen Matz on Sunday, 
as they play the Colorado Rockies. And we will be talking more about the Colorado Rockies in, in a, just a few minutes with my special guest. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we might as well take a break then at this point in time and be back after these messages. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show. And drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail, question, anything at all. Call that number, 516-619-6341. Or go to MetsMusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe. And you can leave a voicemail right through your computer, through your computer microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings and the twitter handle is at metsmusings1 with all the mets news it is the news from around the world and around the corner here's gary mack and I'm back, and I'm joined this evening by Kevin Henry. He is the editor of The Rock Pile, and Kevin's been on before, so he's in, he's a veteran on this show. Kevin, welcome back to <laughs> Mets Musings. <laughs> Always good to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, Kevin. And uh, this time, the Rockies are uh, unbelievable this year. They uh, got off to a very quick start. Faltering a little bit lately as the Dodgers have yeah. overcome them, but uh, still uh, they're they're the second wild card team and they look uh, like a terrific team this year. We have not seen them yet. What can you tell us about them? Where did this uh, surge come from? Yeah, you know it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know this is something that folks in Colorado we've been waiting on for quite a while. You know everybody said. The talent is coming through the system. Just wait on it. Just wait on it. And it's finally here. Uh, so you've got a great uh, mix of young pitching with Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez and Antonio Sensatella. You've got these young guys coming up through the system who are making an impact. Uh, you know, and then you've got uh, the, guy, the guys who have been there forever, the Nolan Arenados, the DJ LeMayhews, who are doing their thing. So it's a really interesting time for the Rockies because – they struggled a little bit before the break, as you mentioned. Uh, they, they caught off, uh, you know, caught a lot of people off guard with this young pitching. People caught up with it uh, right before the break. And they're also dealing with Trevor Story, who had such a great year last season before getting injured. Uh, he has been in a season-long slump. So has Carlos Gonzalez. So you're talking about a team that is finding new people to really contribute to their success. And it's mostly coming on the pitching side. 
and you don't hear that from Colorado that often, but this year is certainly that exception. Yeah, and and that's certainly one thing that Colorado's been always been looking for is, is it was the pitching. They always seem to put together a hitting team. It yeah. was the, the the pitching that always seemed to stop them, and uh, like you say, now they have that. And uh, amazing, I was just looking at Carlos Gonzalez's numbers, and and he is really having a, a bad year. And and yeah, uh, here it, they yeah, are. Yeah, it's 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 sad to watch. To be perfectly honest with you, because Cargo has worked so hard to get out of the slump, and it just hasn't happened. You know, he has started off slow in the past, but this year it's something that. It doesn't matter if you give him a day off. It doesn't matter if you move him down the lineup. It doesn't matter if he goes on the DL. Nothing is fixing his swing right now. And, uh, you know, it's really it's really tough for those of us in Colorado who have watched him for so long and appreciate everything he's done for the franchise to see it because the Rockies right now are really faced with a dilemma. Do they keep Cargo around as probably a bat off the bench and nothing more unless he can turn things around dramatically in the second half? Or do you know? Do they send him off somewhere else uh, and not let him enjoy the fruits of this uh, tremendous run? He's played on so many bad Colorado teams in the past. It'd be a shame if he didn't get to enjoy this playoff run that everybody's expecting. But at the same time, he has not signed for next year. Uh, he will be a free agent, and you know the the talk obviously is: is there anything that that Colorado could get in return for him? Yeah, at this point, it's it's probably tough. There's going to be a lot of outfielders out there, and, and probably guys yeah. that are having bigger years than he is right now. So, exactly, uh, you know, you maybe we get a low level prospect or something, but uh, it's going to be a tough market for him. But uh, it, 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 yeah, it really is, and it, and it's a shame because you know this contract negotiation talk has been holding over the Rockies forever and they didn't do anything at the start of the season or early in the season. And now cargo's lost a lot of trade value just because they slumped. So it really becomes a, what, what will the Rockies do? And that's one of the big questions leading up to the trade deadline right now. And you mentioned Trevor's story because the big story, no, no pun intended there uh, <laughs> last, last season. And it's still a little strange, uh, not to see Tulowitzki there, even though it's yep. been there's been some time now, but it's still a little strange. Um, what uh, Trevor Story struggling? Is it uh, just the sophomore jinx, uh, second year, uh, whatever? That's just, that yeah, you know that that's been the big question because uh, pitchers have found the hole in his swing all year long. I mean, Trevor is striking out at an extraordinary rate right now, and it's really frustrating for Rocky fans because they remember how good he was last season before he got injured. And, you know, again, he missed half of last season with that thumb injury and mm-hmm. still put up 27 homers and 72 RBI. So now all of a sudden you get Trevor back for a full season. Everybody's expecting him to, you know, be a 40, 40 guy this year. You know, I mean, the unrealistic rec- expectations, but still, and the strikeouts have been high. The batting average has never gotten up to where it needs to be. And now there's talk around Colorado at the trade deadline. Do they need to pursue a Zach Cozart or somebody like that to come in and play shortstop? I mean, it's a crazy thought, but that's what people in Colorado are wondering right now. Wow, that is a crazy thought after the year he <laughs> had last year. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and like you said, Tulo held down that position for so long, and everybody thought, well, Trevor's now going to be the, you know, especially at the last season, it's just going to be handed over to Trevor, smooth transition. 
that's not the case. And so you've got a lot of people going, how long until Brandon Rogers, who's the number one Rockies prospect in the minors and playing a double A right now, mm-hmm. how long until he's ready to play in the majors? You know, do they need to trade for a Cozart or somebody to come in and play half season and then see if Rogers is ready to come up next year? There's a lot of questions swirling around shortstop right now. Certainly seems that way. And uh, of course, Brendan Rogers is the number one, I guess, the number one prospect that you have. And he's playing in Hartford, in my neck of the woods yep. here. The, exactly. The <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and one thing to keep and keep watch of with, uh, with Hartford is, you know, Chad Bettis, and, you know, you and I are doing this on Thursday night. Chad Bettis is scheduled to make his first rehab start from uh, chemotherapy and cancer tonight in Hartford. And so, you know, Colorado's pitching will probably get stronger as the season goes along, where they make a deal. Chad Bettis is going to come back. John Gray, don't forget, who is really the ace of their staff, has only gotten two wins so far this season because he's been on the DL so long with a fractured foot. So Colorado's pitching should get stronger in the second half just because of some of the reinforcements they've got coming out. Wow. And so it doesn't look like they'll, they'll be looking to add starting pitching uh, necessarily in the, before the deadline. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's two rules of thought right now. Number one is, do you add a starting pitcher to boost up the rotation? But then there's also that thought that, you know, if you look at the National League West standings, the Dodgers are running away with it right now. So really the Rockies are looking at that one-game National League playoff, probably with the Diamondbacks. And so it's going to be one of those, You've already got John Gray as an ace. You have faith in John Gray as an ace. So do you really put your eggs in pitching whenever you may not make it out of that first, you know, that very one-and-done playoff right. game for the wild card slot? So, yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of talk about that as well right now. I fully expect that if Colorado makes any pitching moves, that the deadline is going to be more in their bullpen mm-hmm. uh, to get things ready for Greg Holland. Greg Holland's been a great story this season, obviously, coming back from Tommy John. But lately, it's been very tough for Bud Black to get from his starter to Greg Holland. That's been a lot of the problem with the Rockies lately is in the middle of the late release before Holland comes in. So I fully expect them to bolster up the bullpen somehow through a trade. I think that's what the Rockies are going to do for the uh, deadline. And you mentioned Bud Black, and and boy, what a job he's doing. I mean... uh... Uh, was yeah. in San Diego for a number of years there and uh, was didn't have the best of you know, records and comes to Colorado and, and things take off. You know, he's, he's a guy that said from day one he's not afraid to teach pitchers at altitude. And, and every time you ask him a Coors Field question or an altitude question, he blows it off. You know, and, and he's a guy who, as a ma- you know, former major league pitcher, he feels like he knows what it takes to win. And he knows what it takes to even win at altitude. And so far, is he's been right on. And having a guy like him come out of the bullpen, or sorry, come out of the dugout, and talk to Kyle Freeland, talk to Antonio Sensatella, and settle them down, there really is that been there, done that thing that wasn't there with Walt Weiss. I mean, obviously, you know, Walt played shortstop, mm-hmm. but talking to the pitchers, it's really interesting to see the transformation of the confidence that Bud brings for the dugout. And do you think that maybe that um, that uh, difference in uh, philosophy that you can doesn't matter where you pitch and you can get people out. You think that has changed things in in the organization, perhaps? 
Definitely so. You know, and one one thing to look at is Kyle Freeland. You know, uh, the 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 talk has been forever that Colorado can't uh, develop their own pitchers. Freeland's a guy who grew up in Denver. You know, he's a Denver native. He's used to the altitude. And so he's come in as a rookie and shown that, yeah, you can pitch there, you know. And Zinzatella is the same way. Jeff Hoffman's the same way. You know, uh, Marquez. You know, so there's a lot of guys who are coming in, and they're not – whenever you talk to them, they're not talking about altitude anymore. They're talking about throwing strikes and making pitches in critical situations. So Bud really has kind of changed the conversation with his pitchers, definitely. Wow, that's and you know it uh, maybe all these years that's what all he needed, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know it, it, it's it's really funny because that's what a lot of us have said is, you know, is it something that uh, this has always been there, but it took a former pitcher to really get it into people's heads. I think you might be right. Right, right, unbelievable, and you have. Uh, <laughs> Two all-stars uh, out there this year, uh, uh, Charlie Blackman and Nolan yep. Arenado. And, of course, Arenado, probably the, the best third baseman in baseball right now. I'm sure Baltimore would argue a little bit about with Manny Machado. Uh, but the Mets will put up no argument because we have nobody at third base right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, Nolan's having his typical season, uh, you know, he's, He's one of those guys that the more you watch him, you know, we're, we're very lucky in Colorado to have him. And uh, I think people this year, you know, the winning is bringing the Colorado Rockies fans out of the woodworks. I know that's a shocker. Who would have guessed? But, you know, it's nice to be able to sit there at the park and listen to people actually cheer and notice that when Arenado makes a play, it's really something special. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's getting acknowledged for that this year from the fans. And it, it's really – it's really been cool to watch that uh, unfold this season. And Blackman, the last couple of years, he's kind of, uh, you know, uh, found uh, found his game and uh, has yeah. been playing very, very well. He, he is, you know, and, and, and Chuck's, you know, a couple of years ago, Chuck was one of the, the stolen base leaders in Major League Baseball. He's changed his game completely where he is getting on base and then he's laying DJ LeMahieu and Nolan you know, and Mark Reynolds this year, which is another great story. You know, he's letting guys like that drive him in. He's not feeling like that he has to manufacture runs with his legs this year. He's getting on, and they're playing smart baseball, and he's still scoring a ton of runs. Uh, just just amazing uh, when, you, when you look down the lineup and, and, you know, compare it to last season and how much difference uh, a year it's- makes in this game. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. You know, the, the Rockies, and, and I will say this, I think they're going to get better in the second half, and that's not just the fan in me talking. I really do. You know, Ian Desmond has been not Ian Desmond-like in the first half. Cargo and Story, we talked about their slumps. You know, we talked about the pitching that's going to come back. So I really do think that Colorado caught a lot of people off guard with a strong start. But I think they're also going to finish strong, too. You know, this is a team that historically has, you know, faltered in the second half of the mm-hmm. season. But that's another narrative that Bud has changed completely. You know, if you ask him about past seasons, he'll, he'll cut you off. And he'll say, this is a different team. This isn't that. This isn't that year. So it, it's really refreshing to see. And, you know, he knows that he's got reinforcements coming in. And he's also got guys that hopefully will rediscover their swing in the second half. 
And, you know, they're nine and a half games out of first in the division, but they're really in a good position to a certain extent because they're seven and a half games up in the second wild card spot. So yeah. uh, while, as you said, you think they're going to get stronger, while they may not be able to challenge for the division, there's, there's, there's a big gap there for anybody challenging them for the wild card as well. So uh, maybe they catch Arizona. Uh, that's that, that's honestly the goal right now. It's, you know, yeah, it would be great to catch the Dodgers. It would be great. But the way that the Dodgers have been playing, I don't sure anybody's going to catch them. Yeah, yeah. So right now the focus has to be, can you get ahead of Arizona and host that wild card game? You know, it's really mm-hmm. important to be able to do that. And if you can do that and then you move on to the next round of the playoffs, hey, anything's possible. Yeah, once you get into playoffs, anything can happen. And uh, yep. and look, honestly, if I, I I mean I'm I'm talking as an outside, of course, and as a Met fan, but uh, <laughs> the way people were talking about the Rockies over the winter, if they make the wild card, it's an achievement for this season. Yeah, you know, it, 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 they can absolutely make the wild card. They can absolutely hold on to this lead. I don't see them faltering. They they had such a good start to the season. I don't see. You know, the Cubs made a move today. Uh, you know, I, I think that the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers are all going to be trying to get the National League Central crown. I, I think to catch the Rockies for the wild card is going to be a tough draw. So, you know, while Colorado certainly can't just sit back and wait for the postseason, uh, they don't have a lot of pressure on them like maybe some of the other teams do that are trying to catch them. And that seven-and-a-half game bulge is, is, is big because, as you say, the, the teams that are right behind them for the second wild card are pretty much the central division, and yep. they're going to beat each other up trying to win that division. So Absolutely. I, I don't yeah, think, you know, and, uh, you know. And, and, if, you know and, and you know about the Braves. I mean, that's the next closest team out of the central. And, you know, I'm not sure that the Braves have the manpower to catch the Rockies. Uh, now, granted, we have not seen uh, the Rockies have not seen the Braves, just like they haven't seen the Mets yet this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that will all be in the second half of the season. But still, I, I think I think if you had told Colorado fans that they'd be seven and a half games up on the second wild card spot at the All Star break, everybody would have taken that in a heartbeat to start the season. Without a doubt, without a doubt, it's it's, it's certainly a great story, and it's a great story in Arizona as well. Uh, sure. The turnaround they made. The whole West division is just topsy turvy this year, and except for the Dodgers, of course. But uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, you know, uh, it, it's really a great story, and and it's fun because it's it. Colorado, you know, you're watching on television, and when they were winning, had the good teams a few years back, and all, and and the people coming out. It's a good baseball town when you're winning. Yeah. You know, and, and selfishly, I will say it's nice to not see the Broncos on the front page every day. You know, I, I'm glad that we still have baseball to talk about. You know, I would love nothing more than for the NFL season opener to come around and the Rockies are still dominating the sports page. You know, I, I think that would be a great thing for Denver. Absolutely. That, that would be terrific. Well, I know you took uh, some time out from uh, your dinner, and I really appreciate you coming on, Kevin. And uh, just oh, tell no, the folks where I, they can. I always enjoy it. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of teams are going to try to get off on the right foot in the second half. And certainly playing in New York isn't a tough draw. Or, uh, sorry, is, is a tough draw for the Rockies to open up on the road. And, 
you know, they'll get to see their old friend Jose Reyes, so we'll see what happens. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's here struggling. Uh, he's been hot lately, but uh, he got off to a terrible, terrible start. So uh, uh, I'm sure he's going to uh, love to see all the guys back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I always enjoy the time and uh, I always enjoy talking Rocky, so thanks for having me on, man. Anytime, Kevin. Thanks again for coming on. You bet. <laughs> okay, take care now. And All right, we'll bye-bye. Be, we'll be back right after this. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. The Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better. Hi, my name is Rich Baxter, and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at FightinPhillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment voicemail hotline. If you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number five one six six one nine six three four one, or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at MetsMusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash MetsMusings. And I want to thank my guest, Kevin Henry of The Rock Pile. Thanks so much, Kevin, for coming on. Mets have three with those Colorado Rockies. And then it doesn't get much easier than that, folks. St. Louis Cardinals come into town. The Oakland A's come into town. So these are going to be telling. Let's see what kind of start they get off to in the second half. Let's hope it's a good one. (laughs) 
Well, that does it for this edition of the podcast. This edition is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. If you would like to help in keeping this podcast going, I urge you to check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash Mets Musings. So thanks for listening to this episode. And until next time, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets.